Hey, welcome back to the Dadvocacy Podcast. I am Tristan King. And I'm Ryan Skaggs. You know, today we, we had topics and we, we really kind of wanted to do some things and chat about some stuff. But then we're sitting outside the studio, just kind of beatboxing. Not really, I can't do that. But we're going back and forth, you know, having fun. <laughs> and uh, we thought, why not? We're going to go free. Let's just, so we're going to have some uh, some talk and just, just kind of go, I guess. Yeah, so we are on episode three, if you episode are three. joining us. So, um want to thank everybody that's been giving us feedback over the first couple episodes too. It's been pretty awesome to hear uh, how this is going and to know like why we do this. Like people are understanding it now. Um, when we, I know that when we kind of introduced this to our friends and stuff, there was some like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of cool. And then they listen and you get this like totally different dynamic of response, which to find that out as somebody that's sharing a story, uh, put some I guess I don't want to say affirmation because I don't want to be affirmed on anything, but I would say like there's recognition that, you know, there's a, my story can make a difference. Dude, it's, it's really nice knowing that, you know, people are taking something from this. It's not just us in here chatting and nobody cares. You know, it's, it's, we had really good positive, uh, and, and they were, they were affirmations, not, not our message, but that people are feeling that, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. yeah thanks for helping me. I mean, it, it got me, you know, and the stuff that we were hearing too was like, something was important that we didn't think was the, the, the crux of the story. Mm -hmm. And so there's like things that we touch on that, like we've gotten responses on that have been like, Oh, I didn't think about that, that somebody would take that and run with it. And so, you know, as we kind of take this journey with you in our, in our stories and, and uh, just sharing, you know, relevant topical stuff that dads and parents can use as far as sharing tools. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to what this can become. And the more feedback we get, the better we get. Uh, it's, it's, I think so. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we heard about someone's response to us and we we're like, wow, maybe we should actually go down that rabbit hole also. And that's really what we want to do. So let's have some fun. Um, Ryan, man, how was your, how was your, what's today, Tuesday? Yeah, today's a Tuesday. Man, how was your weekend? It was quiet, man. Uh, celebrated a fifth birthday for my son. So that's uh, kind of exciting. And sorry, as I adjust some things. Um, not myself. It was the microphone. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So celebrate my son's fifth birthday. Um, and uh, we'll actually have a party this next weekend because he went to mom's last weekend. So it was uh, nice and quiet. Got some housework done. Got some laundry done. And yeah, pretty, pretty low key. That's totally awesome. How about yourself? Man, my weekend. What did I do? Um, my weekend was actually really, it was low key. I had planned on going shooting at, uh, at my best friend Dustin's house. I didn't go through. Um so we're going to plan it later on, you know, and it's not going to be a whole lot because obviously there's no ammo. Yeah. Like there's none. So it'll be just, just a couple shots, you know, just make sure, sure that we still have it. Um, get the boys out, maybe work some cars. Um, but yeah, I mean, really nothing, nothing big happened. My, uh, my buddy, his dog had puppies. They are German Shepherd slash a pity mix. Okay. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like a loyal dog that gets zoomies. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All, all the time. But man, I was going through your Facebook. I was yeah. just being bored, having fun. Um, stalking me? Yeah, I was actually was stalking you. I was looking at my mom and she was liking your stuff. Oh. <laughs> and your mom's like a very nice lady. She's so cool. <laughs> so first, I'm going to touch on, on on the light stuff. Nothing woke yet. <laughs> if that gives you a hint. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but something light. Actually, it's heavy, dude, man. In the gym, because it's better than what's going on outside. Um, bench press today, dude. You missed the poop emoji there. I, well, I saw that. I, just, I wasn't sure if I should say the little happy, poopy face there. Dude, your bench is insane. Yes. And I'm sitting here, and this is the first time I think I've seen you in a t-shirt, like an actual short sleeve. Ladies, 
His triceps are popping. <laughs> I said that way for a reason. Oh, please. No. no, dude, they are. I'm, I'm like, wow, man. You're a, you're a little swole man over there hanging out. Ladies, you don't know what you're missing with Ryan because he's an amazing dad. If you haven't seen his Halloween pictures or you haven't seen him. Um, on Facebook, Macho Man Randy Savage. Dude, that was epic. Like, it, it was over the top. So, so to be honest, like, Halloween, I'm a giant kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sarcastic. And I do take a very serious note, I think, in this setting. But, uh. Yeah, I love to have fun. And Halloween is one of those days that, like, I've always, like, since high school, been on the, the end of crazy. And uh, so, and and I love seeing my kid enjoy it, too. Well, he and, was Luigi. Yeah, he was Luigi, and so was his cousin. <laughs> so, that ended up being kind of interesting, <laughs> which was cool. But, uh, no, I always, I always err usually on the side of ridiculous. I think last year I was... Um, had one of those, like, inflatable ostrich costumes that, like, you can ride... It looks like you're riding That's an ostrich. Amazing. Um, I actually wore that when I was doing insurance. Well, I still do, but when I was working where mm-hmm. you work, um, I would go into all my clients' offices dressed up on Halloween, and I would actually give out candy to everybody. That's dude, that's and amazing. It I was, was pretty awesome. It was awesome. And like, and then Valentine's Day, I'd always dress up like kind of like take the Cupid route. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually, I could see that actually. I really, uh, <laughs> I would bring, I bring, I bring roses in to like a lot of my referral partners, and mm-hmm. and uh, just. Like trying to be cheesy. I, I'm not cheesy, but I do it because I have fun. I really do. That's cool. And uh, no, Halloween was a ton of it was a blast. Put a fire pit in the driveway. Had a barbecue. Had the uh, the tiki torches out and everything, and just handing out candy. Went and got some too. But dude, it looked cool. It looked like it was a, lot a blast. Of fun. It was a ton. A ton of fun. Okay, so let's get woke. If you are our age and you don't know what woke is, <laughs> it means you are awake. You uh, politically see things in a different style, although. Uh, depending on what side you swing on, you don't use the word woke on one side. You use, I, I am aware. I'm aware is, is what that means. Yeah. Woke culture, I think carries, regardless of the side of the political spectrum you're on, there's a negative connotation. Either you're a woke, mm-hmm. like Democrat or woke Republican, or you can be like a woke, I don't know if you're libertarian, I guess, but I, it's libertarian, I think is a, a coined term for people that. There's two people that are libertarians. And I don't want to get into political. All right. No, we're not going to go there. It's all right. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm going to say. I'll, I'll stop there. Yeah. Because I have right. my, my opinions and they're mine. <laughs> so. But I'm going to say on this side, I mean, are we, here's a better question for you. Are we dumbing down society? Are we, I mean, really, are we, we're using woke, right? Yeah. So I feel like when my kid came home first and said, I was like, what? What? I mean, what? Woke? Like, Yeah. I'm right here, man. I, I got up out of bed this morning. What do you, I don't understand, right? Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah, obviously I'm a smart guy, so oh, I got it real You're fast. enlightened, man. What but, are you talking about? And that's it. Like, why can't we say, hey, I'm enlightened or hey, I am aware or whatever. I have, actual, I have like a self-actualization and realize things that. Yeah. That doesn't make me woke. It just means that, hey, yeah, I, I, I'm in the moment. I understand. Yeah. I know what's going on. It's like when people say bye and they go, but <laughs> you have that yet? Yeah. Anybody? I'm like, what? Stop. If you're doing that right now, stop doing it. Everybody. Don't say, <laughs> that's not bye. Say goodbye. Let me know that you care. Let me, I, I'm in it with you. Say goodbye. I'll talk to you later. Tell me you love me. I don't care if you want to say you love me. It's all good. Dude, I'm, I said it to a client on the phone one day. Oops. I've accidentally said it too. <laughs> <laughs> love you. And they're like, what? I'm like, uh, I'm an idiot. But yeah, I do appreciate, I appreciate you. Yeah, it's better when they say it back, you know? <laughs> exactly. So let's talk about woke culture and, and Ryan. Um, so he's taken a lead from the new urging of woke mandates and yep. woman dates. Um, 
he feels bad for people that are dealing with menopause. I'm going through menopause, womanopause, meningitis and womanitis, mental disorders and womantal disorders. I think that one's a real one. That one has to be. <laughs> I really, really, it has to be, right? And, and he says, I think we should now require all restaurants to have, and this is before the meme came out, people. Let's remember that. This right? is the trendsetter. This is, this is what he's So I think we should have, we should now require all restaurants to have menus and womenus. And now I said it the right way, but if you spell it out, and I'll spell it for you because you really have to see it, or at least know it. Yeah, I touched Ready? on it too. I recognized it as soon as I wrote it, but yeah. <laughs> it's W-O-M-A-N-U-S. I'm like 12 years old. I'm just going right for a second. <laughs> We're men. We can't help it. Yeah, like I said, I'm also a giant kid, so... You can make a fart joke, and I'd probably, like, laugh my head off right we now. We have so. issues, yeah. But then um, you go in there, like, my sister, like, she laid down some, some straight fire. <laughs> so, yeah. It's been it's been fun. No. Um, and I will touch just briefly to kind of take the serious angle, because I think this is, opens the door to it. And it was something that we talked about. There are things going on in this world that we do not need to make our kids' issues to. Absolutely. And we can have our personal beliefs and things and have great values. Do I sound better now? Turn my microphone. Sorry. No, I think it sounds okay. Um, and I think that we take what's going on in the world way too seriously sometimes. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to stay Switzerland on this and mm-hmm. kind of tiptoe around it. I'm going to take a different angle because I have my personal beliefs on what happened over the last four years. Let's put it that way. Okay. I have my opinion on what happened in the last three months. And I have my opinion on what happened in the last week, right? It doesn't matter what, what my reaction, what story is that telling to my kid? So if I have an opinion and everything is bad right now, what light do you think my kid is going to see the world in? Like what lens do you think he's going to view it? There's a lot of good going on still. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of crap too. Like, let's be honest. Like there is some absolute trash in this world. The kids don't see the news as much as they see our reactions. And you know, it's it. And I've got to like, you know, I'm guilty of it. And I'll be the first one to admit it. Like, I apologize to one of my friends um, that kind of got into a back and forth with on like on Thursday about things. And I called him a hypocrite. And, you know, I said, I like, thought about it all week and he hasn't responded yet. And I don't care if he does or not, but I needed to get it off my chest and be the man to like just say, hey, I was probably wrong for saying that. You know, I'm getting lost in all the chaos of what's going on outside. I mean, I think a lot of people are. And not stopping. And taking a look and going, what can I do to cease the chaos within my household? And, and so, you know, we can, we can have our opinions on, you know, whatever. And I'm not even going to mention names or political parties. I don't want to go there. What I want to approach is where your heart is. That's where your treasure is going to be. So if you're like holding all of this anger and angst and all this like uncertainty and fear, and I see all these ridiculous, like, conspiracies from both sides and everything. And, and we can, and some are true and some aren't. And like, we can just like sit there and go back and forth on this all day long. And at the end of the day, it's not going to solve any issues for my kid right now. Who's sitting there looking at me going, my dad cares more about drama going on between people who have no idea who he is instead of what's going on stability right here at home. No, I think that's an amazing bridge also because 90% of these parents aren't on the TV. They're on their phones. Yeah. They're staring at their phone and their kids are going, mom, dad, what's going on? And mom and dad wake up instantly and look at their phone and go, oh my gosh, what's happening now? 
and it right. drives your day, right? I mean, if you're doing it first thing in the morning, and I don't watch, I don't watch. We have a rule in the house: we won't watch the news. Yep. And one because a five year old doesn't grasp the level of some of this stuff, and people can judge me for this. I don't care, but this is how I'm going to raise my kid. I'm not going to let him be afraid of what's going on outside the door. Well, when when did kids stop being kids? Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, man, I don't remember thinking about any of this stuff, right? Like at all, we were out playing too much. We were having too much fun. We need to remember that our children are not our own little sounding boards. If I'm having issues, I'm not going to talk to my kids, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. a big one because my kid's going to take it up. And and well, I'll, I'll bring it back to what you were talking about. Parents, don't bring your kids to any form of protest or any form of whatever that you feel like. It's not, we, we're not here indoctrinating our kids one way or the other. Let them live. You want to have a life. Yeah. And you want to have a huge result or a huge impact on your child going and yelling at other people to believe in what you want to believe one way or the other, one way or the other, isn't going to help a kid as much as when you go to the grocery store and you're standing in line and somebody, and you have a cart full of groceries and somebody behind you has one item, let them in front of you. You know, if you're driving down the street and like, and I'll use the story because it was one of the most impactful things I've ever gone through was last year on my son's birthday last year. There was a woman standing in the middle of Highway 95 wanting to commit suicide. She was trying to step in front of a semi-truck. And I stopped my vehicle. I was the first one to stop. And there was another individual that was right behind me. And we stopped and we blocked traffic on Highway 95. Like, I mean, we're like right by the freeway. You want to talk about making people angry? But I didn't care. There was a woman that was trying to end in front of my kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he realized. But the one thing he said to me, and it was like the most impactful thing, was like, Dad, she looks sad. And I'm like, she probably is really sad. Do you think we can try to cheer her up? And so I didn't get out of the car because I wanted to make sure that my kid was safe. So I had control in that situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I pulled over and I, I rolled down my window. I asked her, like, are you okay? And she just, you know, goes off on her rant. And, you know, if there's mental health chaos, like, you, I have no idea what's going on inside her head. The only thing I can try to be is a bit of a light to make her at least step off the curb, like step back on the sidewalk. Yeah. And, you know, I told her, and, you know, she's going off and I'm like, man, that sounds terrible. That sounds awful. I can't imagine what that's like. My, my son is in the backseat and she like kind of peered down and, you know, could see him through the windshield and she started tearing up. And so I'm like trying not to lose it too. Cause I'm like, okay, this could be like, a, a, I mean, let's, this is a Jesus moment. Like, let's, let's be real. And I was like, my son says that you look sad. You probably need somebody to talk to. And I was like, so here we are. I'm talking to you right now. But I was like, I'm not qualified to talk you through the rest of what you're going through. I'll hear you right now. And she's like, well, I just want to end it. Things are so bad. And I go, nothing is so bad than having my son on his birthday. I have to remember his birthday by watching somebody and things. She goes, well, you need, you need to go away so I can go and take care of this. I go, no, I'm not going to let you do that. I go, I'm going to put the, I'm now putting the responsibility on you to have to make a decision that your life is worth enough for one day to step back up on the sidewalk. And you know, and I had dispatch on the other line too. Like I'd called them like immediately when I saw her, you know, so like they're listening to the conversation and they're filling out your resume right now <laughs> for a crisis negotiator. I don't know, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a full believer. Like, you know, we're put in certain positions for a reason. You know, I don't know. I never saw that lady ever again, but like the, the, the impact of my son being able to talk to a child talking to somebody through crisis, mm-hmm. like had a huge impact on me. Cause I'm like, man, that's like, he recognizes that I'm doing something as a parent. Okay. That my son, that's, I'm just turning four 
could realize that there was a lady in distress and needed help. And at four years old, think, and, and people, when you're listening, <clears throat> parents or, or not, at four years old, the child recognized sad. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds stupid, but if, if you're the parent, that child's recognizing you're sad. They're recognizing you're angry. They're seeing all exactly. of that. I mean, anybody that's been a parent for any amount of time has at one point in time had their child say something you say during a road rage moment. <laughs> My kid repeats it. And again, he's called people idiots. And I'm like, ah, yeah. did I say that? What do we do, right? <laughs> that's and not me. It totally, it reminds me, um, I, Ryan, have you seen the movie called Hachi? I have not. It has uh, Richard Gere and a, uh, like, a, what? I forgot what kind of dog it was. Um, but I love the dog anyway. So, so it's about a story. It's a true story about a, a gentleman whose dog walks him to the train station every day and then walks him home, right? Every single day. Um, and if you haven't watched it, you have to watch it too because you'll need tissues, all sorts of stuff. You'll be weeping at the end. Um, and so we watch it. And my son, Christian, uh, he was probably, gosh, I mean, I would say maybe four, maybe five at the time, right? Um, and there's a point where Hachi shows up. Right. And his master has been passed away for so long that the dog is still showing up to wait for him every day at the train station. Right. And the dog is all old and kind of broken down. And um, his the wife of the dead husband shows up and Hachi's just looking frail. Right. And the wife looks at the dog and I get emotional. I'm sorry. I'm feeling it right now. Um, (laughs) It's menopause. I'm telling you, that's what the issue is. So. Uh, that's true <laughs> the older I get but the wife shows up she sees the dog and the dog looks like he's getting ready to go and the wife is you see the emotion on her face and my son starts bawling and it's not that the dog died it's that my son recognized the moment that this emotion happened between the mom and the dog and he was in that moment with it right so the movie ends and and um while crying and trying to pronounce words, I'm trying to read the end. It says the true story about Hachi and all this stuff. It's in Japan. Um, my son goes, Dad, can we watch it again? Because he loves the movie. And they still love the movie. Um, and I, I was like, no, I, I can't handle it. That's too much emotion for me for one day. All right? Because I'm a man. I can't do that stuff. No. Sure. <laughs> it was just, it was tough. But I mean, it's amazing to think that kids actively pick up on these things that young. Yeah, yeah, so if, if, we are, if we are spewing hate towards something... Or someone, yeah, political party, whatever, yeah, anything. I mean, so and and that's that's how we perpetuate all of this garbage that's happening. You know, and I'll I'll post this to parents because I'm guilty of it, and so this is going to be accountability for me too. Are you okay with what you're saying on social media with your kids reading that? I mean, I'm going to post that. Like, I mean, would you let your kids read your social media and and then let them draw the conclusion of what type of person are you? Man, would you let them read it unfiltered? Yeah, like that's. There's some stuff I seem holy smokes, man. Dude, oh, oh my gosh. And I'm seeing like people like like legit like we need to kill these people. Like and it's both sides. And that's the part's like, man, this is who the crap are we? Yeah. You know, and so I'm not trying to go political right here. I'm trying to say like from a a heart rant. Like mm-hmm. this is this is like who do we have to be as parents? Well, why are we spreading this hate so much? Yeah. Man, I get it, people disagree. Yeah, I have my political beliefs, and I will. Yep. I will. You you took an oath, right, mm-hmm. to defend the Constitution, correct? Yep. And will you continue that oath? That oath doesn't get broken, does it? Never. I mean, I'm, I mean, my, my entire family's military. Yeah, my brother, um, we both swore it. I mean, like you just it it doesn't stop. Anybody that I served with, 
has, we'll say it also. Yeah, but we have to know when to pick our battles. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, like there's times right now, there's there's some stuff it's not worth fighting for right now. No. Some stuff you have to wait and watch. Yeah. And that's that's the hardest part is that people get so emotionally involved, they don't want to wait and watch. They don't want to do what's right. They want to be the one to fire the first shot. Mm-hmm. And that's like... And that, that's that doesn't, not... That doesn't teach anything. You remember, we're defending. Yes. Our, we're not on the offense. Yeah. We're not... We're not going to offend for our constitution. Mm-hmm. We defend it. Yep. And 100%. And, and one of the big ones is that I don't think people get it is that when, for me, man, I love, I love where we live. I love our nation. I've seen some, some holes. Yeah. Most of the people that complain have never been out of the States. And if they have, they're vacationing in these beautiful areas. Oh, yeah. But that's not really, that's yeah. not, that's not the place. That's not what's really going on there. You know, it's like, oh, I've been to Mexico. It's like, oh, you've been to the Sandals Resort. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. And I mean, even in Mexico City, there are parts of it that's just amazing. It's, sure. it's not a giant pit hole. There's a ton of money down there, right? But there's such a big discrepancy because of the way it's ran. Yeah. That only certain people get the money in the rest of them are just, yeah. you know, these little trash heaps. And that's awful to say, but it's true. Yeah. So when people talk about how awful it is here and how horrible it is, and they, they say about, you know, how, how we discriminate and how it's perpetuated. And I'm like, man... I don't think you've been anywhere else under the laws of any other country because we are so far ahead of everything. It's not even funny. Well, like people Except are... for maybe Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, so I'm going to kind of end this, the portion of this rant, but like, I just want to say, like, I need to get that off my chest as parents. We need to be cognizant of what we're sharing. What do we, what, and because I've seen it in my own household and you kind of touched on it and I don't think you actually labeled what it was like when you're believing something and you're emotionally invested in something and you put it on your kid and they have to follow along. That's called emotional incest. Mm -hmm. And that is a, well, it's, it's the same thing when parents make their, their son, their best friend and they stop treating him like a son or their daughter, Daughter, like their, their best friend. Now their daughter's involved in all of their crazy antics and you're like, dude, you got to stop. Yeah. No, they see, they, and then they think that that's okay. And hundred percent stop you know, drama. You know, I think we, we put too much of a brush stroke on drama because yep. drama, I do think that has many layers to it. There can be mental illness that's included in that umbrella. There can be lack of boundaries, I think is another huge portion of it. And well, well I mean, okay, so let's, I'm going to, I'm going to take your, your mental health and I'm going to, I'm going to bring it into addiction, right? Sure. Let's, let's talk about social media addiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. I'm probably guilty of it. I mean, it's on it, seriously. And we all are, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's that we get those endorphins that high off of each like and every each look. And since our brain wants more and more information, it's fun to scroll. Sure. I want, I want all of it, man. I want to read it all, right? Um, I mean, honestly, throughout the day, how, what, 20, 30 times on my phone at least? The yeah, you, can actually, you can actually go into your settings and see. Like how um, many times you've turned your phone back? Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, you want to yeah, start? Let's getting, not do that. You want to get depressed? <laughs> but I mean, like, so really, for me, you know, I spend all day. I'm work from home, right? Um, and I spend all day doing my job, but my phone's right there, and I can scroll at the same. I time, have to right? use social media for my business. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to promote it. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, got to put my dunce cap on mm-hmm. and realize, like, man, I'm. I'm kind of jacked up too, because and at first, remember how it was used as like a, a break. Yeah. On MySpace? Oh, MySpace, right? <laughs> and But you and had you, your friends list, you'd right? you get a moment and you'd be like, oh, cool. And then how good did you feel? Like, I think, you know, like if you top watch. eight. Yes, you make a top <laughs> eight and you're like, yeah, I'm in somebody's top eight. And you're like, especially when you made a girl's top eight. Mm-hmm. Then you're oh, something. Yeah. Then you're something. You're everything. Yeah. But then you're so, like, but then you create drama because you end up in like 
three girls stop it. And then it's like, uh, whoops. <laughs> but so, so the younger generation, if you guys listen, I don't know if you are with your parents at all. MySpace is before Facebook. It was like actually one of the first social media platforms. Yep. Um, you had Tom was the owner and he never bugged you. He was always your Tom first was awesome. Friend. He let you say whatever you yeah, want. He was your first friend. You could actually put music on your page, a playlist, a literal. Yeah. So when people got on, Dude, there was my a playlist, playlist was fire. You change your background. <laughs> it had your, your news feed and everything. It was awesome. Right. And then Facebook popped. We were like, oh, Facebook, let's check this out. Facebook, when it started, you had to be a college student. Mm-hmm. You had to have a college uh, email address. So I remember when Facebook came out. I kind of read about something and I, I remember it vaguely. I was like the first student at Boise state university to have a Facebook page. Nice. I actually like had to, when you signed up and your college wasn't on that list, you had to send an email to Facebook and then they had to open it up for your school. Oh, wow. So like, I'll take credit for that. Like, and I, you can blame you're me. Welcome. Blame me. <laughs> so, yeah. You're, you're welcome. welcome. Yeah. But then it obviously expanded to where like your grandma can like, Totally snoop your page and then get mad at you. And then not, you get not talking you to you. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Or you're not wearing enough clothes, but yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, we, we really, we need to kind of address that whole addiction thing and, and in a bigger way, right? Because we are addicted to everything. Food. I mean, food's, food's a major addiction right now, right? Yeah. Um, I think exercise. There's, I mean, oh, dude, I the mean, endorphin addiction. So there's, there's body dysmorphia, right? Yep. Um, and almost Literally, I'm sorry, people. It's not just women. Everybody has it for the most part. Oh, for sure. Everybody looks at himself and goes, I've got a problem with something. Yeah. Right? And that's how it is. That's body dysmorphia. Now, you can love yourself no matter what through any kind of body image issues, right? But you have the people that are uber, uber over the top. I'm in the gym 24-7. I'm eating perfect all the time. Sure. That's a eating disorder and body dysmorphia, right? Um, you have to be a little like, well, uh, the totally off spectrum. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to die anyway. So I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah. That's another, another, it can be like and, me where you just like to work out and eat beer or drink beer and eat tacos. Yeah. I mean, for me, I do. I love, for me, it's different, you know? So I, I've kind of gone through the, the point where I'm like, you know, I love working out. I love doing all that fun stuff. Um, I really, I mean, honestly, it's people, I know you can't see me. You don't know me, but I love being in the gym. It's my happy spot. Um, I haven't been in a little bit because I've been kind of busy and not sure. eating enough, but the reality is, is that I'm trying to step back a little bit so it's not my entire everything because I love it that much. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, and I'll just admit, like, with my story, like, going through divorce, you know, the gym was my outlet. Mm-hmm. And it was cheaper than therapy. I mean, I was pretty down on myself. And there was a lot of stuff. And, I mean, we've you've heard, like, episode one and two. But um, there was a lot of stuff that I really wasn't happy with, right, with myself. Yeah. It was a chance for me to go prove things to myself, like, where, yeah, I can... I can go do this. Like it, one, it was the outlet to just get the negative out. Like I would go lift my freaking butt off and I ended up getting like crazy huge. And I, that wasn't the goal. I didn't really want to go. Like I could probably at one point, other than having a really crap knee, I could have probably competitive lift. Like I really could have. And that wasn't what I was wanting to do. I just wanted, that was my outlet. Mm-hmm. And then like, there were days where like, you kind of, I don't know if you've had them where like you start lifting and you go know, like pseudo blackout. And then, you realize like, and then you get done yeah, an hour and, and a half or two and hours later. And you're like wanting to puke. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, and that, that was, I mean, that's not healthy either too. Cause I was taking advantage and like, and then I ended up getting like a labrum injury in my shoulder because I was just going at it every freaking day. And that was, that was just what I did. But no, like the, I mean, it, I'm a firm believer in you've got to stand for something, right? You have to have your mission statement for person, for who you are personally. 
addiction is a derivative of a, of a gap or a shortcoming within your, you know, personal realization. You're using something to fill a, a hole that's not there, like yep. fill a space, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, and I, I talked to a good friend of mine. We're going to have a guest on the show probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, a dad, a, and I'll just say like, frankly, he, he kicks ass. He's an amazing dad. And I'm sorry, I swore on the show for the first time that it took three episodes to find like us. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> so we made it. Big yeah. And the, not very Christian of me. I apologize, <laughs> but I don't know how, how else to describe him because he's got an amazing story. He was a, you know, tip over alcoholic drunk, like just mm-hmm. all the time, you know, he so much so that he worked at a bar so he could support that. Right. Um, who is now an amazing father. And he's not an alcoholic anymore. He's well, he's an alcoholic still, but he's in recovery. Right. Yeah. And I don't think you ever lose that. Moment. You're never, I think they say you're yeah. never not, you're never not an alcoholic, yeah. but you can be in recovery. And he's been in it for, I think for three years, he's been sober. Um, which is, which is an amazing story. We'll have him on because I want to, cool. I want to hear his story. Fun. Yeah. I want to hear his story. Um, and I know it, but I don't know all of it because there, you know, there's some supernatural that's involved too, which is, which is phenomenal. So, um, but Sorry, I kind of went on a rabbit trail. That's all right. But yeah, I mean, with the addiction thing, we we put things in places of importance that aren't healthy for us, right? And I, I think that anything, you can take something good, quote unquote, and make it unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, you talk about money, right? Money can be a great thing. It can be a tool. It can also be very, very toxic. Food, I mean, mm-hmm. having a diet thing. You can take that and you can also turn it into toxic. I've seen people do it with, with exercise, with all, I mean, jobs, right? I mean, everything. Yeah, everything. You can, it's just a matter of why. I always wanted to ask, like, if something becomes that important to me, why? And you, you kind of have the chance to, like, check yourself. Yep. I mean, it could be sex, dude. I don't, it was like, yeah, and that's, that's a. Well, I mean, I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll touch on that in a second also yeah. because I want to, I'll tell, I'll tell part of, um, of my background also. Sure. I'm sorry. I said, we're going to have to say the sex word. <laughs> let's apologize now <laughs> well we're dads so we've at least had it once yeah so, so i mean at least <laughs> sorry i only had it once but i have three kids yeah <laughs> um that's enough said milkman is busy <laughs> enough said so yeah so <clears throat> so ryan i wanted to ask you so your son just turned five right yeah all right what do you remember his first full coherent sentence something that, that kind of really stuck in your head and i'll, I'll tell you mine first that we have time to think all right so this is about Christian, right? Sure. Um, and so I've been, a, I've been a single dad since my, my son Christian was two and my youngest son Dylan was one, right? Um, so we're at the store. I have an addiction to hot tamales. Okay. I flipping love hot tamales and I don't know why. Hot tamales and cinnamon bears. Oh my gosh. I could get it. Like, it I, I know. It's a thing. Yeah, it's know. a thing. And, and, uh, the, and the chewiness with the spice. With the, yeah. I, I love cinnamon, right? So yeah. it's one of those things where I self-regulate when I eat them. So I'm not like just going crit insane. Dude, gummy it's bears. Like, um, dude, throw me a pack of like seriously. Haribo gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Wood chipper. Dude, I'll, Weird. I'll yeah, but it's for me. So we're in the store and, and my son Christian were at the checkout line because I just bought a bunch of like food or whatever it was, right? And he looks at me and goes, Dad. And I'm like, what's up, buddy? What are you, what's going on? He was, he was like, you like hot tamales? And I said, yeah. And I, mean, I love hot tamales. We know this. And he was like, okay. Um, and it's cinnamon, right? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, that gum? And he's pointing big red and he goes, is that cinnamon? I said, yeah. And he was like, if you had that gum, you, you could, it'd be like eating hot tamales all day long, but with one stick. And this is like the first real valid argument he ever had. And I was like looking at him and the lady behind him. And I was, (laughs) I was like, how dare you use logic with me? (laughs) 
I was like, what do I do? So I bought four packs. Sure. Right? <laughs> like, like I had to. I was just like, holy smokes. Yeah, you win. <laughs> um, I find no flaws in this. And, and, and the lady looked at me like, holy. And I was like, wow. I didn't even know what to say. I was just other than like, okay, we'll get, we'll get a bunch of packs of it because that made sense. Cinnamon gum is not as good as hot tamales, by the way. But that's, it was, it was amazing. So what do you have? I mean, what, anything there? For first sentence or first argument? Or yeah, something that, that actually oh. worked. Oh man, I'm trying to think like I because I'm I'm really trying to find I because I took the approach with with my son, um, you know we communicated a lot like I mean I I treated him like I still treat him this way but like he understands more than he probably does mm-hmm. so I just talk to him like a normal adult. There's ways to help him understand things that I'll kind of yeah. like dumb down obviously, but um, but we should always talk to kids like adults. We shouldn't sure. ever use it. Yeah. It's not that. That way, the comprehension level skyrockets faster. Oh, dude, his communicate, really yeah, his ability to communicate, like he's he's head and shoulders above kids in his class, mm-hmm. which is cool. But at the same time, it's also sucks at home because he'll argue with me and make valid arguments. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like I mean, that's why I jokingly said to you, like, how dare you put you know logic into play? So let's flip it up because my sister, dude, has been bugging me ever since she heard part of the first podcast. Um, Ryan, I'm going to need you to tell you your, your potty story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not my personal one but you know. no um so i'll just kind of give you the background too because my kid was like oh dude he was so hard to potty train like so hard because he's stubborn and like the communication part right he would t- so yeah maybe this is the first argument right was he was giving me the validity of like why he didn't need to use the toilet was because i changed his diaper so he doesn't need to and i'm like i'm tired of changing your diaper pee in the toilet and it's kind of a like, good argument. Yeah. And I'm, he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I'm like, yes, of course. Um, to where I have, you know, you try everything from bribery to whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, his, na- his, his nanny that I had was amazing. Cause she helped immensely too. So we finally got him going pee, but the, the big one was like number two, right? Mm-hmm. It's dad. It's too messy. I don't like it. And, you know, so, I mean, like I pulled out a stop, has got the special toilet seat that like folds down. So it sits in the middle. So he's like a big boy. Doesn't have to feel ashamed to like do yeah. the deed. Right. Um, and so we, we get him, I get him potty trained to where he's using the toilet and one and two. He's a very smart kid, but he's also energetic and mm-hmm. his attention span sometimes is like, you know, children. He's a boy. He's a boy. And he's, he's a, boy. He's a five-year-old and he's brilliant. So like his idea was one morning, I'm like, Hey, go brush your teeth. Like I'm going to help you get the toothpaste on. This get is like first thing in the morning. This is first thing in the morning. Okay. Um, so this is the potty story. <laughs> Cause this is like two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's brushing his teeth and he's like, dad, I got to pee. And I'm like, well finish brushing your teeth and go. He's like, I got it. And then I hear, "Uh Oh, <laughs> and if as a parent, if you ever hear, "Uh Oh, yeah, too you, much silence. Yeah, and then he goes, "No, don't come in here." <laughs> so the first thing you're gonna do is mm-hmm. go in, right? <laughs> I open the door and there's liquid all over the floor, and I'm thinking like he tried washing his hands and got it everywhere, and I'm like, "What's on the floor?" He's like, "I'll clean it up." I'm like, <laughs> tell me what's on the floor. Um, and so he's like, "It's pee." And I go, "Why is there pee on the floor?" And he goes, "I was brushing my teeth." <laughs> so I'm like, trying to connect the dots. I'm like. Were you brushing your teeth while you're trying to pee? Yeah. I'm like, why? It's like, I had to go and I didn't want to stop brushing my teeth. Well, why waste time? Why waste time? Well, my child, when he brushes his teeth, 
is a full body brusher. Mm. Um, so if you can imagine kind of like, he's like a wiggler. Yeah. He's a wiggler. Um, I'm just going to think of the immediate one, like some way of comparing it. Like everybody saw the video of Donald Trump doing the dance thing where he's kind of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My child brushes. Gosh, his... I wish we were on video. right I know. Now. <laughs> my, child... Yeah, that'd be amazing. I know. My, my child brushes his teeth that way. Right. <laughs> I would even actually, I have video of him like brushing nice. his teeth because it's that funny. So imagine brushing your teeth. Yeah. Brushing your teeth this way, mm-hmm. but also peeing. Like he was in front of the toilet. Like he wasn't like standing by the sink and trying to pee in the sink. Like, he got down off the stool and like went in front of the toilet, trying to brush his teeth and pee at the same time. And no control there. No, it just was everywhere. Uh, yeah, like turn him on vibrate and mm-hmm. just kind of like, <laughs> like, were you paying attention? And he's like, well, I was worried about brushing my teeth. And yeah, so that's the that was that's the amazing. yeah, it was kind of a comical like okay, like I can't really get mad at this because like the logic there like. Holds water. <laughs> like when I when I read this on your Facebook, dude, I was I was blown away because I was like, I get it. It totally makes sense. Yeah, I didn't want to stop doing one thing and the other, so I had to like. Yeah. I was doing what I was asked. He was being efficient. I mean, yeah, really, that's seriously, that was excellent efficiency. Mm-hmm. Nice job. High five him. Your engineering and your thought process, though, <laughs> need some work. But so yeah. I'll, I'll tell you mine. Um, and this is it's a long-standing joke in my house, which is horrible that it's a long-standing joke, but it is. So. I get a cat named Ruby, right? I, I named her Ruby, I think. Yeah, I named her Ruby. <laughs> I had to remember because I got it from a friend, and I was like, nope, this name doesn't work. Named her Ruby. And she had her kitty litter box next to the toilet because I was like, I don't want to, mm, I'm not a fan of the smells. I'll keep it out of the way, right? So one morning or one afternoon, I go to use the bathroom, and there was an extra large amount of liquid activity happening in the cat litter box. <laughs> and I'm like... You had children at home at this point, correct? Of course, yep. Okay. I mean, you know, it's my two boys, right? <laughs> and maybe maybe five, six, maybe somewhere around there, maybe a little older. Um, probably a little older. And and it's like it's like a almost a drawn in pattern, right? Obviously it was it was from a higher level distance, <laughs> spray pattern was, was right. And so I sit the boys down and I go, dudes, dudes. Who pissed in the cat litter box? <laughs> Right? Especially if you start seeing letters. <laughs> it's pretty easy well, I mean, to like, sell each other out. <laughs> and they were, they, were like, they were like, Dad, it wasn't us. We didn't do it. And I'm like, all right. There's three of us in the home. We all stand. I know where to aim. And when cats go, it's a big round clump. It's not, yeah. it's not like somebody used a squirt bottle and sprayed dry sand. Right? <laughs> and, and they, for, I mean... I, I went through this almost daily for a month and I couldn't punish them. I mean, like I didn't catch somebody, so I can't punish them both other than, you know, they're cleaning out the cat litter box. So, you know, whatever. Sure. And, and as a man myself, my thought was the boys are now cleaning out the cat litter box. I'm going to take a turd in this thing, <laughs> which is probably over the top. And I didn't do it, but it was still, it was, a, I mean, I wanted to, I mean, I still want to I'm gonna take this next level. <laughs> yeah. I still wanted to. So literally, Years and years go by, and every year, maybe once or twice, I bring up the calendar box. Two years ago, I look at Dylan, and I go, dude, it was you. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it was you. You pissed in the cat litter box. <laughs> and he's looking at me with this big, stupid smile, because, I mean, the, the statute of limitations is over. Sure. <laughs> I can't prosecute. Yeah, dad can't punish me, like, yeah. years down the road. It's, it's over. 
So now it's just this long-standing joke about, you know, <laughs> cat litter issues. And, and so every once in a while, I'll be like, you know, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it. And you're going to wonder how the cat did this. Then I'm going to do it anyway. So <clears throat> this is what dads do. Yeah. We, uh, we think outside the box. Um, <laughs> pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my, I'll, I'll give you another little story because it was just like, I, I kind of a fun childhood. So uh, my stepdad, Mark, amazing guy, right? Um, really, really, really fun, really entertaining. We'll get into him a little bit. My grandma makes these things she called cowboy cakes, right? And they look like she was, she was into like all sorts of weird granola-y, holistic-y type stuff, right? <laughs> and they were kind of delicious. And if you go into Costco, uh, you'll, you'll probably look at the Aussie Bites. Okay. It's kind of like that, except... Almost like, like a no-bake cookie. But they're like but sticks, not, yeah, yeah, right? So my dad, my stepdad, sorry, my dad, Mark, um, is my father, Dave, my dad, Mark. Um, he, I'm out playing around and he calls me, he goes, Tristan, get inside. You let the cat in, right? And we don't let the cats in the house. And he goes, come here and look at this, right? And he, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. I don't know what I did, right? So I walk upstairs and on my bed is a cat turd, dead center. And I'm like, what in the, and I'm, I'm like, like 12 year old Tristan, more right? Uh, yeah, I'm just. I don't even know what to think. And he goes, that's a cat turd, right? And he's yelling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's pissed off, right? <laughs> and that 12-year-old me, I'm like scared. And he walks in and he goes like, yep. And I'm like, no, it can't be, it can't be. And he, he, was, he was like, oh yeah? And he walks in and he smells it. He goes, oh, it smells like a cat turd. He goes, it looks like a cat turd. And he picks it up and takes a bite of it. <laughs> and I went, Bleh. right? I almost, oh my gosh, everywhere. Go straight, Bill bo- yeah, Murray. Oh man, dude. <laughs> Baby Ruth. It was, it was over the top. I, I was... I was dying. He starts <laughs> laughing and hits the floor like freaking we're rolling all over the place because it's hilarious. Sure. And later on, he tells me it was grandma's little thing. So he just moistened it up a little bit and formed a oh, cat poop. God, that's funny. Yeah. But this is, I mean, that's, that's how dads do it. <laughs> we, this is yeah. how we parent. And, and it's, it's because we're giant children. Sure. Oh, for we're still sure. adults. Yeah. No. We're still adults. I promise. Yeah. I think that's the, the glory of being a dad. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is, is that we get to have. And I don't know what it's like to be. We get to have those moments with our kids. We get. To, I think we get a little Is bit that more we freedom get to, to, or that we just do it. I think we, do, we don't ask for permission, right? I mean, because if <laughs> my <I> mom, <laughs> I'm sure my mom has some great stories about how she screwed with us, also that I can't remember. I don't know. Our mom's more serious. Is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know because I remember laughing at my mom more than I laughed at my dad. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, as far as job. Eh? I don't know. Right? Like, yeah. Because I'm, like, thinking about it now. I'm like, yeah, we kind of, like, poked fun at my mom a little bit more. Ladies, if, if you're if you're listening, can you and, please chime in on the podcast to let yeah, us know? Yeah. Dadvocacy.podcast on Instagram. Go in there. Like, throw down a comment or something. Yeah, I'll, let we'll, us know. We'll put I mean, it up. Cause, um, tell us your fun stories. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. Message us, please. And uh, give us some give us some feedback, please. Because um, I love my mom. But, like, mm-hmm. I think it's because she's so, like, sweet and innocent. It made it easier sometimes when she would say something that was like more on the risque side. It was like it like threw us for a loop. We're like, what? Like, so yeah. my mom, my mom had like seven siblings, seven or nine. I don't know. Back then, they just popped them out like pups. Sure, they had litters. They didn't really have. You well, know, we had a child. Yeah, we had to have kids because <laughs> a lot of then you know, like my dad has three siblings and. You know, my grandma's family, like a bunch of kids. My mom's like oh, yeah. three. So, yeah, I mean, I think that... They had litters. Yeah. It's amazing. As you get more accomplished, I think there was some... There's a lot more chores to do. Yeah, thought that makes process. Sense. Fine. Yeah. Less automation. 
So, so you, I'm going to interrupt so you. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. But I'm going to interrupt you. You mentioned something very poignant in your, uh, your story. You have a dad and you have a father. Yep. This is going to be my opportunity to jump in. I right, do. We're going to get real now. We're going to get real. Okay. We'll get real. Um, so you are a child of a single parent household. Yes. Right? Yep. You are a dad in a single parent household. Yes. How much pressure is there on you? To not replicate what you went through. So while we were talking outside, I was going to ask you about, you know, fears of being a dad, right? Sure. Um, I don't want to go too deep because we don't have enough time. Obviously. We can go a little um, bit longer today. Yeah, but so. I, don't, I don't want to go super deep into it. But um, I'm wanting people to kind of hear your story because this is it's a pretty I love the aspect of, of what you can bring to the table. Yeah. So my from what I know, obviously, I was a kid, right? Uh, my mom left my dad when I was two. Um, from Florida to Oregon, right? Um, I know I know a lot of stuff I didn't know when I was a child. Now that I'm an adult, um, because my mom will speak frankly about it, and because I went I went to reality, right? It doesn't mean I don't love my father, right? Because inherently I love my father, and um, I mean to be real, dude, I, I still have dreams that that he that I'm with him and we're hanging out, and he just looks over and says, "I'm proud of you," and I cry. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's the hard part, right? Yeah. Um, when you're, when you grow up without a dad, man, it cuts. Um, so growing up as a child, my dad was in the Navy. He was a, a, he's a lifer for the most part. He retired recently or maybe in the past five years. I don't know. Don't ask me time frames. I told you I'm really bad no, at those. No, yeah. it's, the, it's just the story that I want to So, hear. um, man, I had, I had a lot of birthdays, a lot of Christmases where you just forgot, just nothing. Sure. It was, uh. My brother, my sister, my mom, and I, and my mom's a single parent, right? So she was working two or three jobs um, all at once. And so she would make excuses. And you know what? Um, your dad, Dave, he's, he's, he's busy. He's probably on, he's on ship. He's probably out, you know, covering whatever. Covering for the absence. And she did. <clears throat> and she did, I mean, for, gosh, man, for almost all my life until my stepdad came in. So um, Mark came in when I was seven, right? Um, and I know it doesn't sound very long, five years, right? There's, there's really a well, that's big point formative. Where, that's a very formative gap yeah. in who you are, though. Like you, you, so you're old enough to remember stuff. Big time. So at seven, at seven, my stepdad comes in, and he's this. He's a CPA accountant, super buff, macho bodybuilder. Looks like a surfer. Blonde hair, blue eyes, really cool, super fun, right? Um, and so he's he's kind of he's he's engaging us. He's not really sure if he wants to be a dad or if he wants to have kids at all. He never really wanted to be married to someone that had kids. That was actually something I found out recently. Um, and then we had my little sister, Misha, Michelle, right? And I, not knowing what a dad was supposed to be like, was okay with how everything was, right, at first. And then I saw how my, my dad started, Mark, started treating his daughter, my sister. And my world went upside down because I didn't know. Right. Yeah. So I had no idea that, that my dad was supposed to be there to be affectionate, hold me and cuddle me and, and talk to me. And if he was gone to call and say hi and see how I was doing. Um, and so I started kind of pulling in um, kind of my, my entire life. My, my defense has always been happy. Sure. Right. And it's, it's the, no matter what's going on, I'm going to be happy no matter what, doesn't matter how I feel. You're going to get the happy Tristan. You're not going to get me upset. You're not going to be crying. Nothing like that at all. And so when I realized that and I started connecting the dots, dude, I just, I just regressed. Um, hmm. I got depressed a lot. I, it was like, I don't know. I was in like first grade. Or, no, I was. Was there a rejection that you were feeling? 
Dude, I did everything. Because I went through, I went through like this whole span of, I don't know what a dad's supposed to be like, right? And I'm happy and, and I'm good and whatever to, holy crap, that's what a dad's supposed to do? This is how I'm supposed to be engaged. This is, this is what I, I should be getting, right? And I mean, so Mark, Mark was a really good guy. And so we, we, had, we had issues sometimes because it was, it was so tough for me to, to accept, not really parenting, but that people loved me. And that's, that's reality. So, I mean, yeah. I, I had, I had no clue, man. And I just, um, when I saw him interacting with my little sister, Misha, um, I just, I kind of, I cracked. And so my brain was, I'm not cared for. I'm not loved. Um, and every once in a while. And so I think Mark actually realized that. And this was actually, it's exactly at the same point in time, uh, where my dad had forgot my birthday. Mm. It had been months, right? Months and months. Um, and I'm not, I'm not here to call my dad out. I mean, you know, no, but this his, is his part, life this is, part of the this, story. This is my story. This yeah, is, for sure. This is where it's at. So if any of my family hears this, it's just, it, I'm not here to, to bash him at all. Um, but I'm just saying this was, this was my point of view and is my point of view. Um, and so I, I guess Mark, growing up in an Air Force family, knew about what to do. So he actually called his chain of command, which is a big no-no in the Navy world. They're, I mean, they're about yeah. family. They're, they're big about that. So he got, sure. he got in trouble, finally decided to call. Mark actually showed up at, and this is my favorite memory of one of them at uh, my elementary school. And I don't remember what grade it was. I know, I know what, where we were living. Um, and took me to lunch and we had, I had meatball sub with a Sprite and like Doritos. That's amazing that you remember. Like, I mean, in this, that's pretty important day though, that you remember all the details. Oh dude, it was, he was, he was dressed up in a suit because he was an accountant. He had his tie on. And he showed up and they called me to the office and I was like, oh no, I'm in trouble, right? And I was a good kid. I don't know what I did. And he yeah. goes, hey, we're going to lunch. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Holy crap, right? Um, so yeah, got to pause. Hold on. No, you're fine. Yep. So that was, um, that was pretty amazing. So yeah, I got it. We're good. Let's go. No, and as I slide. <laughs> Sorry, dude. No, and I want to preface it like, this is okay, man. This is awesome. Um, because this is real. This is life. This is stuff that, you know, our stories take us places. And in those places, emotion is involved. And emotion is fine. Emotion is healthy. If you didn't show emotion in certain situations, it would mean you didn't give a crap. Yeah. And that's a really deadly ground to be in. If you don't think about things with you and your kids or things that you've been through with your family members and not get emotional, it's because you, you were withdrawn. And, you know, this is a pretty poignant moment. Not to put words in your mouth. No, I mean, it was a... Uh, yeah, man, that, that's so that's yeah, like so, the the aha moment almost. So right? he uh, he was my dad. I mean, he he raised me. Um, took a lot from him. I mean, he taught me martial arts first. Um, kind of, we we started bodybuilding together, like doing all sorts of stuff, boxing together, just crazy things, you know. And he he was my hero. That's awesome. Yeah. So when I look at it, I mean, so how did that? Because sh- you know, you you went through a period of time to where it was just you and you know your your family, like your family didn't include that father figure. No, not at all. And then, and really, I mean, at the time my mom wasn't there either. Sure. Well, she's, she's yeah, she's trying to provide. Mom, right? Yeah. She's three trying to provide. Kids, working, working two and three jobs at a time. Like it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't easy for her. So, right? so when you, when you leave that situation or you look at that situation and fast forward 20 years or 15 years or whatever it was until you had your first child and then things happen. And then all of a sudden you're thrust into that position. Yep. Of, of being alone. What was the, 
Because I know that there's motivations as a parent. Like, you just do what you're supposed to for a kid. But, like, you have the moment to now be dad. So, um, when my daughter was born, um, I was so freaking scared of being my father, Dave. I, the only example I really knew was absent. And then my, my, my dad, Mark, right. And, and Mark didn't engage me as a, as a parent more so because he was afraid that he didn't want to take over my dad's role or my father's role. Right. And so I didn't know that until he passed away until he actually told me, um, years later. And so I was, dude, I was scared. I mean, I was a young guy. I was, I was what, 20, 21 years old. I was 21 at least, um, 20 to 22. And I had no real career, no nothing. And I, I didn't know what to do. So, um, it just worried that, I mean, it worried the hell of me. I'll be real. And then, you know, with my boys and stuff, it was, I I built more of myself as, as a parent and as a father and said, you know what? No, I'm going to be active. They're never going to have a moment where they're going to wonder or worry. I'm always going to be engaging them. I'm always going to hold them. I'm always going to tell them I love them. I mean, that's, I took all the great things that I knew and had learned and applied it to that. Yeah. And that, that's all I could do. Man. So there's a lot more to my story. No, and I, mean, I appreciate And as, I just want to, I want to thank you for just the glimpse that we see. And I know that we're, we're going to piece this story together because I know that if we yeah. dumped it all at one time, you'd be a puddle on the floor. I don't know if so, I'm emotionally ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's <laughs> fine. Honest, and that's totally fine. I wanted to make sure that we understand. Yep. Like there, and we meaning the listener and myself, because I don't know that I didn't know that. Yeah. And I mean, I knew that there was like the split household thing, but like, does that shape you as, as a dad moving forward? Yeah. And I think that, you know, what some might see a disadvantage of being in that situation. Dude, you took it and ran with it and turned it into, this is a strength. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's something not a lot of dads get to have and let's and applaud you for that. I really, I mean, there's a, there's a moment in your life where you have to decide that I'm going to define me yeah, and I'm going to be me or I'm going to, and I'm not going to let anybody else change that. Right. And so I, when I, when I had my boys and I had my daughter, I was like, there's nothing more valuable to me. I mean, my daughter, I, I haven't, I still feel like I haven't had enough time with her because every day I get to see my kids and say, hey, I love you to my boys. Right. <clears throat> my daughter, I get to text her. Yeah. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't in that household. Um, for part of the reason I couldn't be, um, her mom was very protective and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to assume what was going on in her side or, or whatever there. Um, but I didn't feel welcome I mean, at all, even though she tried to make it appear that way. Um, and then there was a time my daughter and I had an agreement, a disagreement, but I mean, did you, you still have those moments where I still worry, am I showing her the love that I need to show her enough? Sure. And she's 18 now, right? So, I mean, all I can do is text her and, and, you know, visit her and say hi and see how she's doing. And the other day, I literally, I said, you know, I said, do I tell you I love you enough? And she was like, yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm going to say it to my boys every day, every day and every night, right? All the time. Does she hear it enough and does she know it? And I think that you raise a valid point. There's, there's one thing of our kid hearing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, do they know it? Do they feel it? Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked, we touched on it a while back about like, being able to show emotion with our kid and it's okay to say, I love you. And like how my family, like I grew up in that environment where you don't leave a conversation without saying, I love you. Exactly. Um, even when you're mad, like you can be in a disagreement and just say like, you know, and I think that we get in the passive aggressive things when you're like, really, in the, oh, I love you, but duh, you start putting stipulations on it and which is stupid. Yep. I mean, you love, should never be no. a butt after that. Yeah. No, Ever. I love you. 
yeah. and you're being a jackass. I mean, since, since <laughs> but, love, love is like, a total choice. I yeah, mean, no, absolutely. I'm going to love you through being a jackass. Yeah. And you can be whatever you want, but I'm going to choose to love you. Yeah. Um, That's what people miss. And sometimes and love shows its way in discipline, right? It shows its yeah. way in boundaries and everything else. Um, but I appreciate you sharing your story. Yeah. Like, what? Because there are dads that are going to be listening right now that are either in a situation to where they are married and they feel isolated. Or even stepdads. Even stepdads. I mean, especially because I think, yeah, I don't know. And the, the, the stepdad aspect is huge because you have the influence, right? We, we talk about, you know, having that father figure in the household and you can start going into facts. And I think that we, you know, started rolling through that pretty, pretty easily. Like that we know that the, the, the fatherhood stability within the household is incredibly important. So I know we have to get done here yeah, fast, yeah. guys. Sorry. I, I want to... Because we're going to touch this. on this in the next episode. Yeah, and we are. And yeah. we're going to go on more stuff. Um, and I'll tell my story more and I'll, I'll give you more about my life. But I want to say, man, from, from that kid that needed that father, me, if you're a stepdad, you're, you're the dad. Step up. Hug that kid. Love that kid. Show them everything they need and give it to them. Even if you don't think they need it, I guarantee you... Five, ten years down the road, that kid is going to love and respect you more than anything on the planet. Absolutely. Don't yeah. give up on him. We're going to continue this conversation on our Instagram page, follow dadvacacy.podcast. I want to thank you for joining us for episode three. I got a little emotional. <laughs> Which is totally <laughs> awesome. I, I'm totally okay with that. Episode four, uh, we'll see what happens. Episode four. So yeah, this is brought to you by Speak Coeur d'Alene, speakpodcasting.com. Um, so if you want more information to even have a podcast of your own, head on over to the website, speakpodcasting.com. Follow us there. You can find us on now Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, or no, Apple Podcast Network, and then also speakpodcasting.com. So once again, I'm uh, Ryan Skaggs. And I'm Tristan King. And check our uh, the bio in there, and uh, we'll be talking to you next Yeah, time. we will see you in our next episode. Thank you for joining us. Hey, it's Ryan and Tristan, and thanks for coming back. Yeah, be sure to follow us on Instagram at dadvocacy.podcast. Rate and subscribe to the podcast as well. And make sure you tune in every, uh, I guess, we're weekly or bi-weekly or whatever we're going to show up. So we're make not sure, sure yet. Yeah, you can be notified when we come back with a, with a new episode. And make sure and join us. Smash that like button. Literally smash it. Smash it.